My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. Here's where I want to start. I want to start speaking a little bit about looking at our our the way our mind works from from a, a, a few different angles, right? Those of us who loop, listen to this, those of us who are constantly looping our minds in a constant replay, overplay, and we're replaying the things that we've done that we don't like the things that we, um, the ways that we've hurt other people or the ways that we've hurt ourselves and we keep replaying them over and over and over and over again. I just first want to start by saying, I am so happy that you exist. And let me tell you why I say that. Because the depth of your remorse is directly connected to the depth of your integrity. Are we communicating? So start there. So all of us, the overplayers, the overanalyzers, the, the ones who loop in remorse, in guilt, and even those who go to the crippling shame, who isolate and, 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 and self-harm because of the ways we've harmed ourselves or the ways that we've harmed other people, we, we self-punish, right? We go into this massive punishing mindset. All of that is showing you in some twisted way how much integrity you have. It's showing you the depth of your goodness. On a relative level, your goodness is tied to all the good that you do in the world. On an absolute level, your goodness is not tied to anything. Your goodness is there because you exist, period. So we need to dance with this paradoxical truth and open up to the third reality, the third reality is the ineffable truth that we lack language to explain and we try to describe things that can't be explained. So instead of me trying to describe things that can't be explained, let's speak about this paradoxical truth and, and, and hope. The hope is that you will then open yourself up to experience the third reality. Yes, I've done some fucked up things on one side. On the other side, the fucked up things that I've done do not define who I am. What am I? Who am I if, if these realities can, and can paradoxically exist? Can I be a sinner and a saint? Can I 
go through having caused myself harm and harmed other people and still be fully enlightened in this lifetime? Could I traverse the waters of self-harm and lack of forgiveness and self-punishment and punishing of others and harming others and harm myself? And can I still be fully awake in one lifetime? Do I have what it takes to become liberated? Am I worthy of liberation? Are we communicating? Are we landing, just slowly landing here? So it's important to understand that in our media, in our movies, in our books, in everything that's around us, we not often ever give the chance to those who have uh, created harm or said things um, um, or done things that are harmful and painful and destructive. We don't see a narrative in our media that's, that can see that person going from being the sinner to being the saint. We don't have that in our, in our, in our media. So we're not, we're not trained with paradox. We're not trained for two realities to exist simultaneously holding the same degree of truth. We're not trained in that way. Now, when you think about the scriptures from all the major world religions, forgiveness is the baseline that all the saints and sages have spoken about. Why? Because they've understood that every single person makes mistakes. And if we can't forget, which we can't, but if we learn to forgive, then that person, in this case us, we can now see ourselves in the, in, in, in the utter most warming light of the Cosmic Mother. We can, see our, we can see ourselves in the Buddha. We can see ourselves in these celestial beings. We can truly understand that we hold the utmost potential to be completely liberated. So those who overanalyze and overplay our past constantly over and over again, it's showing you the depth of how good of a person you are because those who do not talk about their mistakes, those who neglect their mistakes, those who are never willing to look at their shit and actually smell their shit and actually look at their shit and analyze what's in it, those people grew up in, in a household, grew up in an environment that authenticity and vulnerability was seen as insanity. So thank the Cosmic Mother, thank the Black Madonna, thank Lord Buddha and Krishna and all the celestial gods and goddesses that that was not your predicament. And perhaps if it was, honey, good job for unshackling yourself and decolonizing your mind from that, from that state. You now know that causing harm is so far away from your heart. It is so far away from the truth of who you are at the base of your being that you go in a replay, overplay, overthink, overanalyze because it doesn't sit well with you. So we need to start here by applauding and celebrating that you are an exceptionally good human. And again, remember the paradoxical truth. You are innately good. Your basic goodness cannot be tinted 
cannot be eradicated, cannot be deleted. On another truth, on a relative truth, how you are impact your your attention and care for how you impact the world, it's directly, directly, directly linked to how good you are. So dance the dance. Dance the dance of paradox here. Are we communicating? Is this some far out shit? Or are we arriving, just slowly arriving somewhere? So with this understanding, I also want you to know that those who are looping, pay attention, because this is, this is nectar. Those who are overplaying their mistakes from the past, it's not necessary that you're replaying the past mistake per se, same, same, but different. What you're actually, what's actually resurfacing in your body, what's actually resurfacing in your mind is pain. And it's a lack of, of acknowledged pain. It's a lack of, uh, it's, it's an ungrieved grief. It's a, it's a, it's like, look, it's an unmet need. It's an unmet need. That's another way to look at it. And it's beyond you and, and I. Every time you replay, so I'm giving you all these levels of truth for you to digest. Every time you replay a memory and you replay a traumatic event and you replay a harmful thing that you said, done, thought, felt, whatever it may be, whatever variation of it, you are alchemizing, transmuting, healing, unshackling, decolonizing those in your ancestral lineage who did not have a the ability, capacity, resources, strength, and courage to do it. So thank the cosmic mother for the fact that you are a conduit of liberation, that you are a conduit of liberation, of peace, of well-being. So replaying the past has multiple layers. Every time you replace something that you feel like you healed through, but it comes back again and again, don't you punish yourself for it. Don't you be mad at yourself for it. I guarantee you that it's someone in your lineage that did not have the chance to do it. It's someone in your lineage who died sour. Someone in your past, in your family tree, who did not have the chance to stand up for themselves. So when we understand this, we're no longer, we're no longer punishing ourselves for having that memory resurface. It may look the same in the mind's eye, but on a deeply spiritual way, it is beyond you and I. It is beyond me, my trauma, my needs, my life, me, me, me. Because we are deeply interdependent and deeply interconnected. It goes far and wide. And every time you're able to meet that painful experience with new eyes, with eyes from the present moment, with eyes from the here and the now, with the breath of the present moment, because that's where you always breathe. You never breathe in the, the breath of yesterday or of tomorrow. You're breathing the breath of now. 
Every time you meet a past experience with the breath of the now, with the eyes of the now, what happens is miraculous. What happens is, is a sanctification. You're no longer going to be carrying this pain into the future generations. And then on another side, we then need to understand that we grow up in a society that says we are born sinners, that we have no chance of becoming the Buddha. We have no chance of being the pure reflection of the cosmic mother that God forgot about us. So because of that, we are internalizing every mistake we made as a reflection of who we are at the base of our being. I said something, I said something bad, therefore I am a bad person. I did something bad, therefore I'm a bad person. That's the religious structure that we grew up in. That's the religious language that we grew up in. Therefore, it's nearly impossible to make it out alive. And even more impossible to actually become a saint, to actually become the perfect image of the cosmic mother. We don't think we're worthy of the mother's love. We don't think we're worthy of the Buddha's enlightenment. Because if I say fucked up things, therefore I'm a fucked up person. My love, your internalized mechanism of associating your actions with who you are, that is shame speaking. Looking at through the lens of shame is I did something bad, therefore I'm a bad person. Looking through the lens of guilt, I did something bad, therefore it's a reflection of my actions. Now, I want you to take a step further. I want you to actually start to erase guilt and shame from how you internalize your mistakes. I want you to have deep remorse for what you've done. And then I want you to land at a point that the remorse activates your heart, so much so, so much so, that you make a commitment to never make that fucking mistake again. To never make that mistake again. Remorse is an orientation towards positive action. Remorse is an orientation towards positive action. Guilt doesn't lead you there. Shame doesn't lead you there. Now, remorse opens the door for the warmth of the mother to be held by the Buddha, to be greeted by the celestial realm, to be supported by an army of archangels. Are we arriving somewhere? Are we arriving somewhere? So from this place, right, the remorse is a deep felt, it's a deep felt experience that what I've done was wrong. 
It's not because I'm a wrong, innately bad, undeserving, broken, deficient person. It's not that. My actions are actions that I, that I regret. But because I can't undo the past, what I can't undo is the karmic momentum of more of this to happen in my life. The regret will support you. The regret that leads to remorse will support you to end the karmic momentum of more of that to prevail in your life. Now, those actions will have consequences. But if you want to change the texture of how the consequence strikes your life, buckle in and create a, a, a tremendously incredible alliance with all that is good, with all that is benevolent, with all that is healthy, with all that is skillful, and with all that is altruistic in nature. And you're not doing the good thing out of guilt, out of shame. You're doing the good thing because doing the good thing is the true nature of who you are. And then I also want to bring another perspective into the mix. Every wrong thing that you said, that you did, that you thought, every single aspect of that happened because it was your misguided approach to meeting the mother, to fulfilling your longing for God, fulfilling your longing to be in the arms of the Buddha, to experience deep relaxation and ease, to experience healing, to experience pleasure, to experience joy. Every unkind and harmful thing that you've done was a misguided approach to experience the love of the mother. Are we communicating? Every eruption that happens in life happens because it is trying to experience peace. This is far out. This is far out. This, this belief system, this, this um, concept, this dance that we're dancing right now, it's a dance that asks you to swim up against the stream with a smile on your face. That's what this asks of you. So then you no longer can look at your past actions as bad person, as bad person, broken. Because if everything that you've done was, was your misguided approach to meeting God, to experiencing the Divine Mother, to experiencing freedom, to experiencing relaxation and ease, to experience vitality and aliveness. Everything that you've done was because you're trying to experience aliveness, a quality of the Mother that is deep inside of you, but you forgot. So you can no longer look at your past from a lens of a mortal sin. This is, again, a paradoxical truth. Because from one side, those things will have consequences. 
Now, each time that you rest so deeply in the present moment and you're able to orient your life from who you are right now, not from who you used to be and not from who you think you are and not from who you feel you are, but from the here and the now where all labels, where all concepts, where all beliefs fall away, that you are in complete communion with the mother, that you are in complete communion with the Buddha, free of all labels, free of all concepts. Every time you operate from this place, you are stopping the karmic momentum of all those consequences from all of your past actions. Therefore, you are having a timeline. Uh, it's a, it's, they call it a quantum leap. It's a, it's a spiritual jump in timeline. You're opening yourself up to an entire new timeline that is so far out and so unimaginable that as you start to live from that place, you're constantly in awe and wonder. And we know that awe and wonder and bliss and gratitude are all qualities of the Divine Mother, when the Mother is fully alive in us, when the Buddha is fully present in our hearts. So when you understand from this perspective, when you start to sort of actualize this, there's a deeper breath that happens. There's a deeper inhale and a deeper exhale that happens. And then you stop punishing yourself because you recognize that self-forgiveness means that I will no longer seek to punish myself, that I will no longer seek to punish myself, that I understand that punishing myself does not course correct me into being a good person. That punishing myself only creates the causing conditions for more punishment to prevail in my life. Therefore, I choose the path of restoration. I choose the path of peace. I choose the path of service. I choose the path of kindness. But self-forgiveness doesn't begin and end just between you and you. On a relative level, 100%. And again, paradoxical truth on another level. It begins between you and you and it, and it goes into the next stage where it becomes sustainable when it's applied into the external world. What does that mean, Sa? It means that you're no longer going to seek to punish people in life. It's not that you're not going to seek to bring about responsibility to those who've caused you pain and harm. But you're no longer looping and losing sleep over the idea that this person needs to be punished. They deserve to be punished. And if they're not punished in the way that you wish them to be, you lose your sleep. You become angry. You become mad. You go insane. I've met a lot of insane people. 
who were completely looping their entire lives became around the fact that they were deeply hurt and they needed to seek justice. That is not justice. That is punishment. That is not a life of ease. That is not a life in communion, in alliance with the cosmic mother. That is a, a life of complete anger and madness. You have to have unwavering faith that the natural law of justice, not the unnatural law of justice that we operate under, not the punitive law of justice that we call um, our justice system or that we call, not the, punitive, not the punitive justice system that we call just, that is fair, that is how it should be. No. I'm speaking about a restorative approach to people, to ourselves, to the world. One in which we know that bringing pain to pain causes more pain. That the equation of suffering only ends when pain is met with love. We deeply know, we have unwavering faith that the only way to end the harm and destruction in the world is with forgiveness and kindness. And it's not approaching our inner world and ourselves and the world through a punishing perspective, but through a restorative perspective. So self-forgiveness starts between you and you, starts between you and you by you outing on a paper, on a journal, on a voice note, all the things that burden your mind, all the ways that your past burdens your mind. And then after you bring forth all that burdens your mind, I want you to put on another page the fear that you have. I have fear about this because I think this will happen. I have fear about this because I think that will happen. And now you're giving yourself all the worst case scenarios. You've now outed the burdening narratives in your mind. And now you've not only outed the, burning, the burdening narratives in your mind, but now you've brought another layer to it. Now you're, you are going to the degree where you says, okay, these things are burdening my mind, and if these things are the highest truth about who I am, then, the, then therefore, what I fear the most will happen. So you're entertaining, you know, in the field of manifestation. People say, don't ever do this, but we're not here to talk about manifestation. We're here to talk about liberation. We're here to, to fully liberate ourselves from the shackles of suffering. So this is the liberatory school. This isn't for the faint of heart. So now you're entertaining the worst case scenario for the, for the, for the um, audacity of sanctifying the entire space by acknowledging that if the worst case scenario exists, what does the best case scenario look like? I haven't even entertained it because I've been so hooked and so looping and so ruminating and so dwelling in that space. 
But right now in this very moment, I want to give you the permission. I want to be a permissionary to remind you that the best case scenario is possible. That the consequence of your past actions don't have to look like what you think they will look like. Are, you com are we communicating? The ways that you are intoxicated and, and burdening and poisoning your system based on what happened in the past, based on what happened in the ways that you've harmed yourself and other people in your past. I want you to know in this very moment that permission has been granted to you to open yourself up to the best case scenario. May the best case scenario prevail. And how do we create the best case scenario? By then going from burdening stories, by then going to, I fear if this is true, this, I fear if that is the highest truth about who I am, then this will happen. Therefore, I will be ruined and I will die of shame or I will take my own life. Go to all those steps. And then I want you to go to the third step here. And I want you to say to, to yourself right now, I forgive myself for all the ways that I've caused myself harm, for all the ways that I cause other people harm. I forgive myself and then go on the next stage. You're going to go to the degree of saying, I forgive myself for believing in all of the unwholesome, destructive things I thought about me. I forgive myself for all the ways that I have believed myself to be an innately broken, bad person. Go through all these stages in your journal and then burn all that shit. And then don't throw away the ashes. Hold those ashes in your hand and walk up to your garden or walk up to the edge of a cliff in front of the ocean and sprinkle them out. And then the next stage becomes around you no longer entering the world with a punitive approach to mistakes. No longer approaching mistakes with a punishing perspective. But truly, truly, truly from a restorative perspective. And it's restorative perspective. It's, again, extremely paradoxical and extremely contradicting and extremely, like, like disorienting because we've never done it. We have our, 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 our government and our, our systems that are in place have colonized and trained us in a completely different approach we don't know what it's like to, to actually like pray for the well-being of those who've harmed us because if they're well, they will no longer cause harm. We don't know how to pray for ourselves, for us to become well so we no longer cause or create the same mistakes. We don't know that by actually taking care of the capital S self, we are then starting to take care of others. We haven't been trained with that. We have approached ourselves in the world through a punishing, through a punitive perspective that is only through punishment that good can arise, that people can be course-corrected into being good human beings. This whole system goes against every single mystical tradition. 
But we are speaking about liberatory practices here. So what I'm asking you is to literally have the sight, the, the solar awareness to be able to see in the dark without a flashlight, without a candle. I'm asking you to be able to actually walk through the valley of shadows. I'm asking you to hike the Mount Everest in January. I know what I'm asking of you, what I'm, what I'm uh, 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 you know, speaking to you based on my own research, inner spiritual psychological research is far out. But it's possible. And I believe it's the only way that the world will enter into harmony. So self-forgiveness really comes down to experiencing deep remorse so profoundly that it activates your heart. But it doesn't stop there. It's not only an alliance to not make the same mistakes, but it becomes an alliance to the global, to, to, our, to, the, uh, to the world at large. Therefore, tie in the mistake you made, the harm you created. Have deep remorse. Make that alliance to grow, to become better, to never do that mistake again. And then go out into the world in that specific niche of where you, that specific kind of harm that you created, and then go specifically into that area in society and help those people. It doesn't need to be big thing. It doesn't need to be a whole new job, a whole new career. No. Help on the weekends. Help on your spare time. That loop of support will activate your heart, will activate a karmic cleanse. And a karmic cleanse is what we're looking for. where our timeline is no longer tragically impacted by the actions of our past because we've chosen to become saints, because we've chosen to not self-proclaim ourselves as saints, but the world knows that we're saints before we do. People around us are experiencing miracles in our presence. People around us are having their prayers answered. People around us are relaxing the way they talk to themselves and the way they talk to their partners and friends and work co-workers because you are alive from that place because your aliveness has now become sanctified and your breath in and breath out is a purification, is a holy machine of grace where you're breathing in the suffering of the world and you're breathing out the antidote. You're breathing out grace and kindness and peace. Are we arriving somewhere? Is this landing for you?
end that for today. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Bye.